0: 23 of re- reporting is eligible i think it's actually 23 we'll find out when i actually post this um we got the whole gang back together we've had technical difficulties jr is screaming at the tv because the badgers are playing and uh matt's internet just cut out so we'll see how this all goes um <laughs> but it's <laughs> yes, on, on his couch in lovely wautosa we have
1: yeah oh i'm still jr radcliffe training sports reporter for the milwaukee journal sentinel some new audio equipment got the badgers it's it's kind of uh being all held together by duct tape including my uh you know my psyche here with the
2: badger game going on
1: so (laughs) who knows what comes next
2: it's rough and my name is matt but you can call me Mattub, and i don't care about the badgers
1: or any other sport that isn't lacrosse powerlifting or the green bay packers (laughs) i
2: care i care about lots of sports i just don't care about the sports that you guys like that's true
0: yeah actually yeah that is true you care a lot you have an odd selection that's all not
3: even i odd. actually it's funny Rivers.
2: The i think my my quote of the day is any sport with more games than there are days in a school year whoa everything okay back there is your house getting burglarized Matt's Stumped? house is
0: haunted um,
2: uh finish your intros i'm gonna go see what that was oh my god
3: <laughs>
1: i just finished watching like back-to-back horror movies too, Jeez. hereditary being the second of the two so uh so i'm our, i'm on board for a haunted house well, story this will that's, either that's be
0: the, the worst or the most entertaining podcast that we've ever done because <laughs> it's, we can it's actually, not gonna be the best in horror movie fashion we can all see matt's living room right now and him walking around looking for people in it so um, have you and, ever seen the movie unfriended the entire
1: movie yep. is like four split screens. It's great. It was on Everybody's cable on for community.
0: some reason, and I watched it because I do that sometimes when I have cable. It, good, nice concept. Um, yeah, little, I actually didn't hate it. Yeah, it's okay. A uh, little dated, but pretty good for like low-budget like, bottle movie, horror movie.
1: I, yeah. I, hey, Matt's alive. I, I thought they did a good job. I thought they did a really good job. So, And by
0: the way, Matt, I'm Paul I did introduce myself because I always forget.
2: But So um, a mirror fell off of a shelf.
0: That's... So your house is haunted. Okay.
2: It didn't break. Um, so no. that's good. So, luck. Uh, we have some IKEA gallery shelves in our living room, and just today got a new twenty-four by thirty-six mirror for them, and uh, there was something in front of it, so it wasn't leaning back as far as it could, and so it was. It turns out it was actually precariously up there, and I did not realize it. Uh huh.
1: But it didn't break. That's that was amazing. a logical
2: explanation. <laughs> it landed on my daughter's play kitchen. Ooh, oh, poor
1: play kitchen.
0: That's uh glad it happened right now and not 4 <laughs> hours ago. Yeah. All right. So, so the Green so Bay
1: Packers guys are a game oh. away from the Super Bowl. How about that? That's
0: that's oh. that's that's insane.
2: Um It's a there's a very difficult game between them and the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> it is. So, yeah, S- Seattle um a good win. Uh very well done, uh, especially with the offense kind of coming back um to vintage form. But also like they, they probably should have beaten Seattle. They were favorites against Seattle and anything you can say about the packers coming into this game in terms of like deficiencies seattle had as bad or worse so um it was nice to see him take care of business and look good doing it and also we can get into a little bit of there are some good signs about things in that game that lead me to believe they got a better chance against the 49ers than i thought before so um and maybe it all goes back to that detroit game but um <laughs> that was that was outstanding across the board
2: so as much as they were puffing out their chests and saying that the, we're treating the Detroit game like it's a playoff game, um, I honestly think that the Detroit game was them going out there and just kind of uh, doing some experimentation.
1: I think so. Like with the deep balls and stuff you're talking about. There yeah, were a lot yeah. of those, and
2: on, that's unlike any other game we've seen this season. It's yeah. the only
0: logical were... explanation for all those deep balls, and not going away from them, is that it was practice.
2: And So Aaron Aaron Rodgers threw, I think it was 17 passes, more than 20 yards downfield? Yep. That's got to be the most in his career.
0: Um, I, hmm, Did not look that up, but given the number of incompletions there were, that's probably true. <laughs>
2: that That is a so ton it, of deep balls. It just seems like they were trying to lab some offensive stuff. That's just...
1: What's weird about that, though, is that that game was so important. They had to win it to to shore up this, this bye that they got, the first-round bye. And it was he was still chucking it deep late in the game when it was pretty clear they needed to get serious. Although, I will say maybe, even as I say that, their, their game plan in the second half was a little bit more conservative, and they were able to, uh, to obviously click into gear to some degree. This is the first time, watching them against Seattle is the first time I felt confident in the offense since, man, I don't know, early in the season. We haven't seen them be this efficient and, you know, Devontae being this involved and and just chewing up yards after the catch like that. We have not seen that from this from this passing attack. It was pretty great to see.
0: It reminded me of the Philly game, where it was the last healthy Devontae game where he had a very similar performance at 160 yards or so, and they lost that game because the defense played terribly, but they, they scored a ton and they moved the ball pretty easily behind Adams. So, um... Uh, if it's getting back to that early season form, that's that's really really good. Um, Jimmy Graham even played well. Of all, Jimmy Graham caught everything
2: going at him a little and help maybe was open, end, but maybe not. So, uh, didn't you say that that um, uh, Seattle was like one of the worst a- against tight ends? Worst against? Uh, they're actually
0: okay at defending tight ends, but they're bad against everybody who runs patterns in the middle of the field. Um, oh,
2: okay. Which, so Devonte, like the 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 slot game that we thought was going to come from Geronimo ended up being Devonte. That game. is correct, and and plenty of Jimmy too. So, um, they scouted them well,
0: and they abused their weakness quite well as well. Yay yeah, for that!
1: Makes me think Matt's Smart. I
0: like it when I think Matt's Smart.
1: If you are like me and don't really fully grasp what it means to be a good route runner. This was kind of the the marquee game, right? Seeing Devonte Adams, both touchdowns are just like a freaking clinic. It's amazing well, to the, see what he's able to do. The third
2: down, the third down catch on the, uh, the, the final drive. Yeah, that's I think that's if you want to talk about Devonte's release, because when, when people talk about Devonte Adams, the route runner, his his mid route cuts are very good, but his release off the line is far and away the best. Yeah, that's like that's what he does. Like ever, 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 and always and gets so he step. so uh, on the i guess it was it was almost kind of a i guess like a corner route um but it kind of faded so you, you could almost call it like like the john gruden calls the banana route that's almost what it was so <laughs> yeah, he was, he takes it, is correct so he takes a, a but it, it 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 was yeah anyway he takes a, a jab step inside so the corner bites on it and then he um Beats him with an outside release and then kind of fades over to the edge. And uh, if you ask Aaron Rodgers, he faded too much. Uh, Rodgers, (laughs) oh, JR's uh, excited about something. That's unrelated. It's fine. What
0: happened? The Badgers took the the lead,
3: of course.
2: There you go. Okay. So, uh, we we got to do the dark side of the moon thing, right? Like, like if if you start the podcast at two minutes and twenty seconds left in the second quarter of the Badgers game, then <laughs> J, you can get Jr. <laughs> JR's
3: reaction. <You're> totally right. <laughs> The can you figure won. out?
1: There's 2:45 left. They just went to timeout, so you can imagine what happens from here based on whatever's about to happen from here. You'll know it when you're listening <laughs> to yelling this. or dead silence or
0: something else. So
2: yeah, swear exactly him, uh,
0: right. I'll have to hit the so, explicit uh,
2: tag. It, Aaron said that Devontae actually faded too much because he wanted him to stay inbounds. So I think Rodgers was actually looking for a touchdown on that play. Um, but because uh, t- he he says that Tay should have stayed in bounds. Yeah. Um, but it was it was uh. Devonte does this. I actually, I, I made a joke to, uh, um, oh geez, what's why am I blanking on his name? Film guy for the Eagles and ben the Packers, Fennel. Ben Fennel. So I made, I, I made a, I almost said Ben Foldy, who's Acme Packing Company, um, or Ben uh, Baldwin.
1: Podcast. There's so many Bens There's in too the many world Bens, of...
0: and they all do different
2: things. I went after Ben Baldwin pretty hard. year. We yes, with it. a
1: Nickelback gif, which made me laugh hysterically. We all <laughs> went after
2: <laughs> Ben Baldwin
0: today pretty well, actually. We all had our moments uh-huh. against him. So. Uh, might have got uh, twenty five thousand uh, views last time I checked. So.
2: Nice. Yeah. Uh, so I I've said to Ben Fennel today that uh, everyone talks about establishing the run, where Devonte establishes the slant. Yep. Where he runs a slant so well that that corners have to automatically respect it. And he posted this this video of Devonte in the Bears game, where he uh, fakes a slant and then runs an out, and he's so wide open that you wouldn't even think that he was covered ever. Hmm. It was, it, it's a thing of beauty, and it's and it's what Devonte does best because yep. he's he's. I, I mean, it's it's the the principles of establishing the run, but in his double moves, and that he runs a slant so well that people have to respect it and they bite on his double moves. It's I great. I don't
0: think they ran one single like bubble screen or you know just behind the line. Pa- Devontae played the entire pass to game. the flat. Yep. Oh yeah, pass they- to the flat. This was I <laughs> entirely. How we've been yet complaining they should use Devonte like running intermediate and deep routes, which he's just fantastic at. Um, and you can see how well it works because not only does he get open, but he gets open by a lot. Like n- not that those <laughs> are easy throws, but he's got you know yards of separation a lot of the time. And uh, it just they could have been doing this all season, but I'm glad they're doing it now.
2: Like good time. <laughs> so I'm I'm bringing up the next gen stats. Um, the only behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, route that Devonte was targeted on was the um touch pass
1: the one that fell incomplete yeah, oh, yeah. early yeah. in the game okay
2: um he did actually run it looks like a jet motion wheel um but, but yeah everything else was he ran some mesh he ran uh, a couple where he just sat down in a zone, and then there's the uh the jab step in the slot, that yeah. that went for like 33 yards. It was
0: huge. Everything was huge. All
2: chunk plays. Wow. Also so, yeah, his... Best he, he, yards he did... Of
0: the season two, so... Yeah. Everybody was... So,
2: uh, down. Devontae did not catch a pass less than 10 yards downfield. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That's amazing. And...
0: So, yeah. I've... A- oh.
2: Go ahead. No, yeah. go ahead, Paul. I was going to say, well, you
0: need this kind of route running to beat the 49ers. Like, last time they played San Francisco and they got destroyed... It was all short stuff. It was all stuff that San Francisco coaxes you into doing um, through pass rush and just through kind of giving you underneath stuff. But then they come up and drill your guys and tackle like mad. When people have beaten San Francisco, or, or not even beaten them, but scored on them, they play a game like the Packers just did. They attack them downfield. Um, they take their sacks on Bosa getting free. But like Arizona scored a bunch on them, not because Arizona's particularly good, but because that's the specialty of Kyler Murray – um, Seattle is very good against them because downfield passing is a specialty of Russell Wilson, as we just saw, and the Saints lit him up for a very similar reason too because they also are unafraid to throw downfield against good defenses. Packers last time did that stupid um, f- flat stuff to Devontae the whole time, and um, that's what got him beat. So I really like the trend going into this game. Even if you know it's riskier, it doesn't work all the time, but it's how you have to play.
1: I asked this Absolutely. on Twitter what the lasting image of this game is going to be, the lasting sort of grace. There's snow. so many of so them that it could be. I, I know, and and you know, in the, in the vein of Dez caught it, or it's a snow globe game, or that's the onside kick, and I really do think that the ultimate visual that it's going to stick out certainly for non Packers fans, but I think also for Packers fans is the Jimmy Graham play at the end. The first down catch. Is it a first down the yellow line, that sort of thing, <laughs> the um, yellow line game, the yellow line game, which is too bad because, and most people answered either that or, well, the two other options that came up a lot were Devante, of course, just in general, but, but the third down play to, to, to sort of clinch it or right. come close to clinching. It is obviously top of mind. And the, uh, the Preston Smith sack that, erased Seattle's last drive and talked them into punting, which was interesting and uh, gave, gave the Packers the uh yes. The, uh, the Superman celebration is, is I, a good I time. Do
2: not, I do not like Preston Smith's sack celebration. No, I I, I do. Thought, it's I a little DJ like Watt. I like I'm a that. Fan. i I think it's a second rate Clay Matthews predator. Oh, uh, interesting. so I think cause it, it's very reminiscent. That's I think cause he uh, hits the ground and does the thing. Yeah, the other one I would nominate is the
1: Jair Alexander
0: two point conversion sack. Which was outstanding. Oh yeah. Yes, that he was came nice. Came but that's screaming. not
1: that's not something we're going to remember in two years from now. But that was a nice play. That and was fun. Had it so- gone the <laughs> other way,
0: the J.L. Alexander dumping Hollister on his head fumble, I think maybe would have been it too, because that was yes. basically a wrestling mm-hmm. move that basically caused a
1: turnover. Um, yep. It adjudicated correctly, I believe, too. Even though I think it was it was screwed up by the officials because they blew the play dead. Yeah, but play play I actually dead. do think it was adjudicated correctly that the, the, they did not show clear control before the play bl- play died.
2: Except, Shannon Sullivan super had control of the ball when the play was dead. <laughs> I know he did.
1: Object <laughs> permanence tells you that if the guy who's you know if the ball disappears, that means that guy's got it. But when the play is getting blown dead, there's still a little bit of commotion between but, the, I mean, the two
2: teams. But, also, if you want to go the, the route of object permanence, the guy who disappears with it also
1: handed Pensable. the ball to the rest. Yes, but you know that the, the play is long over by then. The yeah. play, that does not factor in. And I mean, it should, but it doesn't. It so, doesn't. I get it. Five years,
0: real quick before we forget, five years from now, are we going to be thinking of the Jimmy Graham play as related to Yellow Weasel because it has to deal with the yellow line? I, I've already seen it conflated a couple times. Really? Yeah. that's
1: weird. Uh, I mean, yep. I I made the point that there's the yellow line, the yellow weasel, and the green and yellow. The uh the tune by Lil Wayne who does roll out the barrel there <laughs> after the third quarter. So there's a whole lot of yellow going on in that game.
0: Yep. The, the yellow weasel though, the play itself wasn't that memorable. It was just a kind of
2: busted play. It was terrible. So. It was snipped Didn't they get stacked like? Real bad. It was all, it
1: was a no, like maybe a half a yard gain by Aaron Jones, but Aaron Jones to the nothing. left. Yeah. So oh, okay.
0: So everybody remembers him yelling it, but nobody actually is going to remember the play because it was a nothing play. <laughs> and then we have the big Jimmy Graham thing on on the yellow line that's misplaced for a long time. So I bet I bet that happens over time.
2: That's my guess. Um. So I I, I missed. I'm one of the few people that missed Yellow Weasel. Um. I was watching the game <laughs> at a friend's house, and we were drinking heavily and eating pizza, and he's a Seahawks fan. And so there is just general rabble rousing. Um, So I will say, however, uh, his name is John. John has an official Reebok Seahawks Super Bowl champions XL. Okay. JR (laughs) is losing his mind. I don't know. So
1: Yeah. Well, the Badgers are down a point with 12 seconds left. They're probably still going to lose, but... They Maryland just botched an inbound where Brad Davidson got a hand on it and knocked it off the inbounder to get the ball back to Wisconsin underneath their basket and the Kohl center's losing it. Nice job, and I'm Brad. losing it a little bit. In yeah.
2: in the future, I think we should do a video version of this podcast <gasps> because JR fist pumping in the background to his silent orchestra. <laughs> Maybe I mean it's
1: on it's also on mute here, so like there's no there's just this void of it's, it's ridiculous. Anyway, people, I'm yeah. really sorry. I've hijacked so, everything here.
2: So John, <laughs> my my friend John the Seahawks fan, has an official re- Seahawks Super Bowl champion XL uh, hoodie of um, cousin of his his wife's cousin works for the Green Bay Packers and um, through some connections she got a hold of like a official printed after the Super Bowl hoodie before it made its way to Nigeria or the Dominican Republic or wherever they send them. OK. Um, okay. So it's a he has a real official Seahawks XL Super Bowl, Super Bowl champions, champions. Reebok. Oh, okay. Very like, nice. <laughs> um, and I, I mentioned this on Twitter, and Chris Burke asked if uh, he could have his friend get a hold of some uh, NFC Championship <laughs> 2014 Packers gear. Nope,
1: don't even want it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Why would you? Even that want would be that? a kick in the pants. Yes. Not great.
2: I, so, so the the game, yeah. I, so I missed Yellow Weasel because of that, uh, but I, I think this will go down in history as the Yellow Line game. Yeah, I did too. And Jimmy Graham is as good.
1: Uh, he's going to be remembered as very good because all three of his catches were for first downs on third and I don't know, Long-ish. relatively long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, he did only have three catches It's sort of, a, <laughs> it's sort of, if you look at it on paper of pedestrian line, but it's, it's, I don't know if he was just fired up for the Seahawks or whatever, but like it was, it was rare to see that reliable, you know, a, t- a reliable tight end streaking over the middle like that. And, that play to get that first down marker, or at least close enough that they couldn't overturn it, was sensational on the f- last play of the game. It was also
0: extremely <laughs> lucky because he he also rode the defensive back guarding him for like an extra half yard, like on top of that guy, where his knee would have been down well short of it had he not fallen on a man. Uh, yeah, but I mean, he did. He kept it. He kept his balance. Kept his elbow up for a little bit. So. Um, you think
1: good. he made it? I mean, I thought... I, I thought.
0: I think he made the red line. I think um, the okay. official line, I think he made. The yellow line, he definitely did not make.
3: <laughs> well, no, the yellow line. But the yellow
0: line that. was wrong, but so that's okay.
1: I definitely so, have come around on the idea that we just actually won't ever know. It's just, there's just not the clear-cut visual evidence there's to tell not. you one way or the
3: other.
0: Well, I mean, also, this whole thing is, is not official at all. It's all a guess anyway. I mean, we, we measure this... Stuff with chains and with guys marching balls out to the middle of the field, and it's yeah. very inexact. So, it's the,
1: so weird that we allow that in the football. <laughs> it's the most inexact science in the world.
2: So I'll tell you this: um, the spot was bad. I, I don't care. So where he where he landed, in my opinion, was a first down based on the the quote unquote red line, the the official point of the marker. But the ref that did the initial spot. Totally gifted him a yard. He did
0: that. Is, that is also undeniably true because he, he, he had him on the other side of the white line, which is not even close. Yes. <laughs> um, but you know, so, yeah, whatever. Jimmy, we'll Jimmy take it. Had, they stole fumble. Uh, th- right. <laughs> it's all good. Balances out.
1: But you would think they would. That, that's what they're looking at on the replay, though, is the spot. So, so it's odd that they would have upheld that part of it on replay. Um, so I remember I that this they, from a very early. They moved
2: season. the spot. Did yeah. they? They moved the spot, they moved but they the kept it the first
0: time. But you still don't. Uh, so. You know, we was it a challenge or was it an official review?
2: Official booth review. It was booth yeah, booth. and under.
0: All right. So the only the only rule I know that I remember that it has to do a challenge, which is the first down change triggers whether you're right or wrong on it. So they should have measured though. I swear they didn't measure. Like that's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not measure?
1: <laughs> They were too it's... busy looking at additional footage. <laughs> yeah,
0: oh the... my god! Oh, I'd already forgotten about that. We should also remember the game for that. That was insane.
1: Well, oh, it would have been be... the additional footage game if that overturns the call. I mean, Seattle Why did has he to get down the it? field and score, and it is only going to be one minute and twenty seconds or whatever. But also, crazy. it would
2: be fourth down. Yeah, the Packers would have another down to try and convert. They would. It, it didn't actually oh, have god. that huge an impact on the
0: game, but like. Uh, what uh, has anybody actually said anything about the additional footage? I haven't seen I, it. I mean, t- uh, TJ Lang went went off. Well, yeah, on... uh, why if it, if it doesn't actually change the play, which is also, I mean, why they not see the like why mention JR? It at what all?
3: happened?
2: What happened, JR? Badgers win. 50 all
0: right,
3: <laughs>
1: three three-pointer by Brad Davidson from the corner, and Maryland got two shots off before the buzzer. Neither went in. <gasps> I can breathe. Wonderful. So for.
2: For the the listeners at home, um, most of us have multiple monitors. I have all the guys on one monitor and my show notes on the second. I'm looking at my show notes and all of a sudden I just see
1: hands <laughs> waving in the air.
3: <laughs>
2: I'm going to be a little less the monster of now. I've turned off the TV.
1: It's a good night for sports with the Bucks winning easy and uh, the Badgers as well.
2: Very, uh, but yeah. So oh. the T.J. Lang was, I think his quote was something like, like in all my years, I have never seen additional footage as a call.
1: I think though who t- somebody tweeted about hearing in the background in the press box that it was Stan Correnti is the official and that he had he had left the the replay area and was about to make the call and then somebody behind him is yelling stan 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 it's like there was one last angle that they hadn't quite reviewed or that had had maybe given them some insight into whatever huh. so that's that i so what i'm gathering from that is it was just I don't know. They just hadn't looked at everything, and then they decided one last time, we'll give it one last look. Okay, it's what we thought, and move on.
4: The dude. That's what I
1: think. Had to see. Or it's Bill Belichick line. sending some footage that he got from the stand. Well, so I,
2: my question is, <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if the footage that they get includes the yellow line, and they had to go back and watch it without it.
1: My understanding That's is my... that it does not include the yellow it, line. Oh, okay. That's my so understanding, that, that, but I don't know.
2: I don't either. I'm not a zebra.
1: See, if we can find but out. Even, we can ask even this. if it but, does. So, they knew that it was still uh, a first down. They knew the yellow line wasn't right.
2: Mm-hmm. So TJ Lang actually
1: answer stuff
3: like
2: that. Yeah. Uh, TJ Lang said, I'd like to invoke my right under the Freedom of Information Act <laughs> to see what additional footage those refs saw that we did not. New tweet. By the way, the yellow line isn't 100% accurate. And I believe, I <clears throat> believe, I believe Jimmy Graham had the first down. I've just never heard refs tell us that they had additional footage that TV did not. It's pretty crazy. Mm. It's um, yeah, it was, it was a crazy game. However, uh, as we know, I'm, I'm a big picker based on Vegas odds and the Packers opened up as the four point favorites against Seattle. And I think the line moved to five mm-hmm. by the start of the game. Packers won by five. And so every single person who says, Oh man, the Packers really squeaked one out. be Like really? Cause people who are way smarter than me predicted the score. Exactly. So, (laughs) yeah,
1: they're going to so they're going to lose by six and a half to San Francisco is what you're saying.
2: Seven and a half.
1: Oh, it went the other way. I knew it moved to half. But
2: yeah, uh, so currently it's uh, San Francisco minus seven and a half. However, uh, the consensus bet is pretty split. It's uh, 53 percent of money is taking San Francisco to win outright, which means that 47 percent of people think that Packers will cover.
1: Mm, All right. That's nice. I do um, think though, back to the to the line on the Seattle game, that game
2: did go exactly I mean, exactly
1: like Paul said it would, exactly like I think a lot of people. Paul thought. said it
2: down to the down to the like yeah. minute.
1: They couldn't <laughs> rush that one they couldn't good, rush yes. Aaron Rodgers. They couldn't stop the run. Their quarterback is a magician. They have no tight end play, nothing that really concerned the Packers over the middle, and the Packers won by five points. That's yeah. perfect.
0: It was pretty good. The the Packers did put Alexander on DK Metcalf, which I didn't expect. I, I thought he might have a little bit of a bigger game and Lockett would be shut down a bit more but other than that yeah if Seattle would just let Russell loose like the whole game they would be so much better that they really are held back by Pete Carroll who's a dinosaur it's uh, Mm -hmm. I'm happy for it but geez it's rough but um,
1: Andy Schaff did call you out on that. He thought so, he feels
2: like the the play spread was was pretty right. Andy's wrong about that. So. <laughs> wow!
1: Um,
2: Not only are we mentioning Andy Schaff, we're calling him out. They they, they ran
0: uh, on a ton, of, especially on a first down, and got themselves behind the eight ball in the first half. Like, well, when Marshawn
1: yeah. Lynch is just running one and a half yards in a cloud of dust, yep. I mean, come on. He's a so,
2: hundred years
0: old. They were. It's it's one of those things where like they didn't actually run that much over the course of the game. I think they had sixteen carries, um, but. They were behind for a good chunk of it, so they did go past heavy pretty early. Like the Seahawks comeback started pretty early in the third, and like they were so bad at running. It's not like they had Chris Carson getting like three and a half yards a carry. It was Lynch getting just stuffed and stuffed and stuffed, and um, Travis Homer getting two carries here and there. And um, they were so ineffective. Every running play was a waste, um, and it, they didn't do it the bare minimum last last week. Marshawn Lynch had seven ca- seven carries for six yards, I think. Um, so you could have run less than you did this week. The Seahawks <laughs> just did it. Um, that is totally a possible thing. Yeah.
1: They need Tyler Irvin. That's a guy that actually would have helped them if they had yeah. claimed him the way he's being used by Green Bay right now.
2: Yep. Tyler. Tyler Irvin. Okay. So it's funny. I, um, I'm. I made jokes with Dusty Ely on Twitter about how they're going to properly use Tyler Irvin, and I came up with like the most complicated play call I could think of. I think it was uh, gun offset, trips right, uh, PA, inside zone, jet motion. Then you also fake the handoff to the jet, but then the jet runs a a wheel. It was like like some ridiculous several motion type formation play. Um, The Tyler Irvin, quote unquote, like the biggest play of Tyler Irvin, I think it was like 12 runs or 12 yard run, was a uh, trips trips bunch chat motion yep. so like <laughs> it almost came true <laughs> like this <laughs> so, ridiculous making fun of Matt LaFleur play that I pulled out of my ass so, almost
0: um, became so just to skip ahead to questions a little bit see um, Huber asked if Lazard can't go or is hampered um, who should be the third passing option behind Adams and Jones and I kind of think it should be Irvin for this game because they need somebody to stretch the field unless MVS like can turn himself around back to so, early season form but don't have we so. done a player? Urban have we done a player, good,
2: man? Yeah, but have we done a comp for him yet? No, is there a good one? I have not. Devin Hester. Really? I think I no, I mean like I haven't like looked up his I've mock been draftable, up mock but draftables. Um, I think in terms of his utility, he is a a special teamer who you can use on gadget plays. Yeah.
0: Like, I think um, that's right.
2: He, he's obviously not going to be the, the greatest, greatest special return teamer man. of all time. Yes. Yeah. He's he's obviously not the greatest return man of all time. How about Taysom? He's obviously not a corner. He's obviously not a full on wide receiver. But I think Hester. <laughs> but like other a, than that. But like a budget Hester.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, let's, like, he can be their Taysom Hill if they want to do some stuff like that. So, yeah. And they should can get he him, throw? They should get him deep <laughs> not quarterbacking.
2: Uh, <laughs> I said that I said on Twitter last week that Taysom Hill would be the best tight end on the Packers roster right now, yeah, and a right. lot of people, a lot of people, got big mad at that.
1: You know, hey, speaking of which, sidebar. Let's go back to the 1920s or 1930s. The uh, the the <laughs> NFL All Centennial Team is about We're to come talk out. About
2: crazy legs, right?
1: Yeah. So the uh, not the All Centennial Team. Sorry. The uh, there's there's a Centennial Hall of Fame class. Uh, yes. that some guys that were going to potentially be put in long after the fact, after they're eligible, I don't know if they actually, how the eligibility works, but, uh, Mike Holmgren was one of the coaches up for it. We now know, having seen it live on TV, that Bill Cower and Jimmy Johnson are the guys who are going in and they were only going to pick two coaches. So Holmgren, not among those, even though he was a finalist, but there's four old school Packers that are on this list. And one of them is a guy named Cecil Isbell who only played for five years before he decided to get a real job and just like coach at Purdue. And he ended up coaching the Baltimore Colts actually, but he, I, he was listed as a halfback tailback or defensive back, but his best skill was passing the football. He was a total slash guy. This is 19. This is like thirties and Uh, forties, 38 38
2: through 42. Yeah.
1: 38 through 42. He plays with Hudson the last couple years of his career. He's the first guy in NFL history to clear 2000 passing yards in a season.
2: And he was there to run the ball, but, and then he retired, he cleared 2000 passing yards and then retired.
1: That's what I'm saying. He decided he was, he was good at age 27, became a Purdue assistant coach his alma mater. And then he ended up uh, coaching for a while. But, uh, but what what strikes me as interesting about that is we think of these like different innovative players as a new phenomenon. And it is absolutely not. And I, I guess back then you had guys that were one platooning. So really, of <laughs> course, they were they were playing multiple positions. But it was funny seeing this guy listed as a halfback, as a running option, who also, oh, by the way, his best skill was that he passed the football and was a very good
2: uh, passer. So goal. um, just for a framework, this is amazing. So his final year, 1942. Yeah. was his his fifth year in the league. He made the Pro Bowl four out of five years, was an all pro in his fourth season. He balled out just as good as Sammy Baugh did back in the day. Nice. <laughs> so awesome. He he played in eleven games, started six, yeah. um, led the league in completions, but did not lead the league in attempts.
1: Because Arnie Herber probably did on the same um, team. In those first so Well, he, you're looking at the last years, first few yeah, years looking, Arnie Herber's on the team. Okay.
2: So he uh Attempted two hundred sixty-eight passes, completed one hundred and forty-six for uh, two thousand twenty-four or twenty-one yards, twenty-four touchdowns, and fourteen interceptions. Pretty Crazy. good. So that and that's a, a nine a touchdown percentage of nine, which is insane.
1: That is it is insane. You know what's um, even more? His, oh, no, keep going, keep going. Finish this his dog.
2: his uh um, what's the uh, adjusted yards per attempt? Uh, is seven is seven. Okay, so he he doesn't have an NEA because no. it,
0: it, it's too it, it's too early. We don't know enough about.
2: Um, led the league in passer rating with eighty seven.
1: <laughs> Although it was so, not a passing league. Yeah. So I'm
2: I'm I'm looking at the the nineteen the nineteen forty two NFL statistics just to see what the touchdowns and interceptions look like. He did throw um, a lot of
1: picks, by the way, a lot of picks, yeah, a lot of picks.
2: Yeah. So uh, with the 18 the green bay packers uh had 18 interceptions total um that was good enough for uh 6th out of 10 A so deep dive into 1942 statistics is what people
1: are
3: here <laughs> for
2: the detroit lions had one touchdown pass and 33 interceptions
1: oh my god <laughs> Maybe yeah. they didn't bad just from the ball baby that's incredible why would you one keep passing <laughs>
3: Everybody
0: else is running the ball. We keep giving it to the other team. Let's wow.
2: let's keep doing um, it. Detroit's also, the pa- to Detroit man. The Packers <laughs> destroyed the league in first downs. Packers had ninety-seven passing first downs. The second place had sixty-six.
1: Well, this is a really good era of football for them, though. It, I mean, they've it got it.
2: many Hall of Famers. There's like three or
1: four Hall of Famers on that team. Herbert, Mike McCaulsky's yeah. on that team. This is a good the, team. The Brooklyn Dodgers
2: still existed just for... Sure <laughs> they did. Yeah. So, by the way, the Packers had more passing yards that year than a lot of teams had total yards.
0: Yep. There's a lot of that in the, the sort of around the Hudson era where nobody else just has any understanding of how to use the passing game, and they're almost like a modern team to some extent with how they're using it. I mean, Hudson, <laughs> like I said, he's he's the Babe Ruth of football. His he, Babe Ruth had a season once where he 50 home runs, and nobody else hit like more than eight. And that's Hudson. That was the yard season. Then the next highest receiver had 500 yards, 1,200 yards. The,
2: the Detroit Lions finished the season with adjusted yards per attempt of minus 2.6. <laughs>
3: <laughs> They're so bad.
2: That's that is Before, incredible. Before we get se- back, go ahead. The, hang on, I, I got a, the the second worst oh, passing yeah, attack team. Um, ended with adjusted yards per attempt of minus 1.9, so almost as bad. Not great. The Brooklyn Dodgers. Of Brooklyn
1: course. Dodgers.
2: The Brooklyn Dodgers.
1: Before we move back to the modern era, 2020, um, one other note, two other guys, Packers on that team, Vern Llewellyn and Lavi Dillwig. And I actually think maybe one of them gets in. There's a bunch of senior players who are going to get named on Wednesday. Uh, the two of them, while they were playing, these are teammates who uh, actually they were inducted to the Packer Hall of Fame both in the same year, in 1970. But they ran, as they were playing, for Brown County District Attorney. They ran against each other. Llewellyn <laughs> won, then won re Election in 1930 he is still playing at this point uh and, and dillwig though i think ended up i don't remember but he he ended up in a national office u.s house of representatives or something but like his career they were both law degree guys you know it goes back to an era where guys had full-time jobs you know they were right. not just football players so that- these guys were in local government crazy right they ran against each other and
0: he's he's like anthony dillwig's grandfather right exactly
1: correct yes
0: so had he so, had that race gone differently maybe all of packer history is affected
1: you never know because one of them is it Dilwig Dilwig is from milwaukee so he's a marquette law guy uh he he'd been around a long time he played with the one of the precursor teams before the packers that were wisconsin-based so uh but but uh, i don't remember llewellyn is was from nebraska maybe i think so uh yeah, i think omaha so very interesting, very interesting note.
2: <laughs> so, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned the like guys having real uh, jobs in the offseason. Uh, the last two-way player in the NFL, or at least credited as the last two-way player in the NFL, Chuck Bed- Bednarik,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, guy with the Eagles, nicknamed Concrete Charlie. Uh, people think that he was called Concrete Charlie because he was really tough. They called him Concrete Charlie because he sold cement in the offseason
3: yeah speaking, <laughs> of guys, so... speaking
0: of guys who are doing other jobs um this season um one of the best packer performances of the week was certainly jared valdeer yeah had to step in for um a, that's a, a hell of a segue an man like, I need to, like... and um confessed after the game when rogers was talking about him that he was in the stands for their first game this year against the bears watching it um Just incredible. which is also crazy and um by PFF grades, he was absolutely outstanding. He allowed no pressures, no sacks, uh, no quarterback hits. So he was essentially the best offensive lineman for the Packers because I think everybody had a worse game than that. Elton Jenkins got beat at least once. Uh, Bakhtiari got beat at least once. Um L- lindsley couldn't hear what the call was once <laughs> um which was also so awesome. the
2: the time that bakhtiari was beat he just straight up didn't pick up a blitz yeah he just he just let a free rusher go by he did still getting beat which, I mean, even if it's not physically beat right but what i'm i think anytime he properly engaged the the person he was trying to block he yeah. actually successfully blocked them um i agree but <laughs> something to note so. of the offensive line play uh did you guys see the the uh sound adjusted video of the third down touchdown to Devontae is that the one where Lindsley at seven seconds decide
1: yep. turns around is like hey you see this what are we going to do here and, <laughs> yeah that's the one so
2: Corey Lindsey turns to aaron Rodgers, goes what do you want to do here rogers goes uh and he calls an audible and it's a touchdown with and seven it, it's amazing. seconds
1: on the play clock he turns around mm-hmm. and they somehow pull that off just incredible well,
2: also lost in that is Corey Lindsley expertly handing off a stunt and blocking on Clowney all by him, yep, his lonesome. One
0: on one, very well. So done.
2: when your when your center can take on an elite edge rusher coming through the a gap, that's I, I it makes me feel tingly and McGiggly bits.
1: Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, Veld here is definitely one of the main stories, and he didn't play perfectly, but he was very good and. uh, this is, I think, rightfully one of the reasons why Brian Gutekutz is being discussed as Executive of the Year at this point. You bring in him and Tyler Irvin, like we just said, yeah. sort of guys that are just so below the radar, and they play these huge roles in helping this team in Veldhier's case cover up for what could have been a devastating loss with Brian Bulaga out with inj- or without with illness, and Tyler Irvin for adding something that they haven't had. Just crazy important to add these guys midseason like they did.
0: Absolutely. Pretty good self-scouting by them this year. Um, be just... A lot of in a lot of past Packers seasons, I think they would have let the special teams just continue to be terrible all year and just go with what they had. And they actually took steps to fix it for the. First, I mean, when was the last time they did that on special teams? And like, how bad have our like the offensive line's been good for many years, but the the depth has been very very lacking and was at the beginning of this year as well. Like when Alex Lights had to go in, he's maybe been better than your Don Barclay's and people like that, but still pretty rough. And you know, to find a guy like Valdir just out there, who you know. he's he's up there he's you don't want him starting every game but he can definitely hold it down for a game or two if he has well it's
2: it's funny because just a couple years ago we would have seen alex light and gone well he's better than barclay and we would have been fine as fans (laughs) <laughs> marshall newhouse it's just it's just about getting by at some point yep. hey you you can't talk crap about marshall newhouse on the internet because he'll find you and yell at you will, oh really that's uh, true. he's a name he's surgery. still in the league props to him if you're a decade <laughs> in the nfl you've done it like
1: you're so a legitimate football player
2: some patriots fans were talking crap about marshall newhouse and he name searched himself and like added them said like hey i know i'm supposed to go die or whatever but like <laughs> you try playing in the nfl like, Good to know. Stay away from Marshall Stay away Newhouse. From
0: Marshall Newhouse. It is uh, um, where you want
2: to be. However, Marshall Newhouse is a decent follow on Twitter. I will say he's a he's a funny guy, but he's a name searcher, and I don't like name searchers.
1: Yeah, I've, I ran into one of those this week too. I'm not even going to name the name because it'll it'll be a, an issue. But name searchers not awesome. Was it John Hack? Did he find out you were talking no, about? No, no. I I only said nice things about him. I told I said exactly what you told me to say. But I said
2: uh, I I sent. I sent your article to him on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure he read it because the link had been seen. All um, right. But he did not respond. He he mostly uses Instagram as a training log and also a way to post memes. So very similar to the way I use Twitter. This
1: is why you love him. He's
2: a, yeah. <laughs> he's right <laughs> up your all, alley. He's we're he's we're in the same weight class. We have the same sense of humor. <laughs> we both love dogs. Like it's just. Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's
2: match yeah. made in heaven. We both love Wisconsin sports mostly. Yeah.
1: What do you guys think of the uh, play call to run it? You know, and keep running it on the on the goal line to make sure they got in with Aaron Jones.
0: I'm pro. Um, it, you know, I I have a reputation for me against running the ball, but that's the time to do it. Like that, it works mm-hmm. better than passing most of the time. Fields too, it's contracted, so it's easier to defend the pass.
3: And so, Aaron Paul, Jones there you is, go.
0: Jones is great He's, at it too. He's out. He is. He's awesome.
2: But you're falling into that whole like two things can be true at the same time. That that <laughs> rhetoric that apparently football Twitter just can't get a hold they, of. They, they're bad so at that you, you Paul say. doesn't like voluminous running. However, in a situation where it's it's and goal on the one yard line, running is not a bad idea. I mean, per... I really could be happier with this game. They even did a quarterback
0: sneak, which yeah, w- yeah, which was the first, first time one in
2: like ten years,
4: I think
0: something. So like it, that.
2: to to me, it was the first, the last time I remembered an Aaron Rodgers designed run was in twenty sixteen. When he had a bad calf? Was oh, it the calf year?
0: That was the calf. I, I, I know the run you're talking about, where, where it was a surprise, but when was the last time they ran a sneak? Like, did I, I No idea. I literally can't remember the last time they ran a sneak.
2: Also, I can't believe Aaron went for it. Like... This is we're we're, talk, we're less than eight weeks removed from the MVP candidate Pat Mahomes blowing his knee into smithereens on a QB sneak. It, it, it's like the,
0: still so rare, though. I mean, yes, it did happen in that instance, but Tom Brady. Somebody probably told him Tom Brady's been doing it his whole career. He's fine. Well, he's Tom
2: Tom Brady is. He's like when when he sneaks on one or less to go. His conversion rate 90%. is like 95%. It's, it's over
0: 90%. The sneak is a great play generally. Brady's the best ever at it. Um, but it, even across the league, it's like 85%. So,
2: so I tell you what, I, I am now officially stating on the internet that Tom Brady is the goat at something. He's the greatest sneaker of all time. He's the greatest <laughs> sneaker of all time.
0: But like the running at the goal line is great. Aaron Jones after contact is basically never stopped. Like you got to hit him in the backfield with multiple people to stop him. So I'm always fine fourth and short. And by the way, there's a lot of people on Twitter who like want Williams in that situation because he's like the bigger back. Like you don't, you don't want that. You want Jones. Jones is the best back on the team at getting like an extra yard in any situation, even if the play blows up. So I'm I'm totally on board with that.
1: Let's do some quick hitters because there's a lot of questions and we got to talk about the 49ers. So is yeah. there any are there any other like final quick thoughts? that you want my other my one thought is that the smiths are both going to be in the packers hall of fame someday both preston and Zinari wow and Smith. i think i'm, I'm right. calling it one year in. i'm i'm all in on what those guys bring <laughs> to the table just they, they've transformed this this defense it's incredible just what those two guys have been able to do by themselves i i agree that i hope
0: they go in together um i hope they they're like for sure the plaques next to each other but yeah um just a phenomenal free agent signing they've been absolutely outstanding um good uh, also good scouting like it's not like they were bad, um, reputation wise, before the season, but they were kind of like meh. Like, yeah, they'll give you some pass yeah. rush. Well,
1: um, Smith was was thought of as a guy that could who's like a third down, third down guy, right? Yeah, that's it
0: as a specialist. But they've both been absolutely outstanding. So um, I think that I think that's got a good chance of happening. Especially like you know we talk about peripherals a little bit. The 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 pressures that Zaydaire gets, his stack, his sack total is probably lower than it should be. Um, if he plays enough years, he's going to have a few monster seasons of, you know, high double digit sacks eventually if he keeps doing that.
2: Well, remember he said, I I think it was, it was like week eight or something. He said that he would rather have a hundred pressures than 10 sacks.
0: That's, that's another great thing about him. They know what's important. They're, they're they're on the same page.
1: And that's a stat we weren't keeping 15 years ago. So now going forward, he's going to be recognized for bringing that to the table. Very true.
2: So Zaderius Smith is is a defensive end who's looking for slug per, what percent I don't know baseball Some slugging <laughs> whatever. <laughs> What's a baseball stat that didn't exist I, 10 I, years ago?
1: Oh, uh, slugging probably existed. Maybe probably uh, any, anything related to war, I exit exposed. velocity maybe this Yeah, this exactly
0: swing egg plane, uh, angle launch angle launch angle what are the launch angle so, um, revolution
2: um, right now we'll go with that just a, a very very quick aside someone who i found out is not a packers hall of famer that really surprised me is bubba franks interesting oh, not in the catch touchdowns not in the packers hall of fame
0: i guess that's surprising but he also wasn't he that would good
2: get, he but he was in a, he would get 300 yards and eight touchdowns yeah,
0: I, yes <laughs> that's
2: fine. insane he's we should. I, I should do a deep dive on the guys that
1: aren't in the Packers Hall of Fame, and I bet there are. There are more surprises. I'd love to know, like the five or six guys that are just that you I've just got think are in there.
2: I've got the perfect title for that article. Bring it. The Packers Hall of Very Good.
1: <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think Bubba Frank's belongs in the Packers Hall of Very Good. I think that's a good spot for him. Yep,
2: he's. Very I think good. he's a. I think he's a Packers Hall of Famer personally, yeah. but that's just, I think when you, when you I mean, have the production the that he crap, has, they have a tight end for the last, also, I'm pretty weeks. sure he went to the Pro Bowl a few times because of touchdowns, I think he probably did too, right? Because of touchdowns, but, but I'm he was never like I, one of the five best tight ends in the league. Well, I mean, he was, he was, he went to the Pro Bowl three times
1: is Ken Rutgers in the Packers Hall of Fame. That just struck me as a possible borderline case. No, he should be. He was, amazing. he should be. I know he probably
2: is. Oh my god! When you Google Ken Ruckers, I mean, besides the the Halloween helmet that he's famous he, yes, for, yes, that's that's a Hall of Fame moment right there. It's just, just this just picture. Being that there like... in that
1: picture with the mud on his face is a Hall of Fame moment. You're right.
2: But his his uh, main picture, it looks like he's about to sneeze. Like, he's like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man,
2: it's awful. Uh, <laughs> Played in yeah, an I era
1: think... before he knew he'd be curated on the internet that way.
2: Wow, he was a top seven pick. Mm-hmm. 1985. I was not alive then.
1: <laughs> was. Yep. Wait, wait, uh, I was. Wait, I was too. I was too. He is a Pac-
2: He is a Packers yeah. Hall of Famer, inducted in 2013.
1: Right. Okay, that's good. Good work, Green Bay Packers for <laughs> inducting Ken
2: Rutgers. Way to get Rutgers in there. All right.
0: Should we? We should probably talk about the 49ers a little bit. Let's do I'm it. Play let's play them. They're excellent. I don't. They've already so destroyed I, the Packers once.
4: Going to the West um, Coast
0: is not going well for the Packers. There's all all kinds yeah. of things going against them in this game.
2: The uh, 49ers are favored by seven and a half points currently, which is legit. Over, like they're at home. Over under for the game is 45. That seems low.
0: Hmm. Eh, I think I think that's about where I'd put it. Just the Packers were unable to score against them last time, and so,
2: well, just for frame of reference, Vegas puts the Packers versus the 49ers at the exact same spread as the Titans versus the Chiefs.
1: Man, that's unfair. The Chiefs should beat the Titans by three touchdowns. Yeah, but
0: so should a Baltimore. So
2: Um These things yeah, go there well. is, They're funny. There is more there is more uh money going to San Francisco to win outright than there is to Kansas City to win outright.
0: That is silly <laughs> because I do think well, I, I like the Tennessee story and I like what Tannehill's done and like I'm glad the Bears didn't trade for him. But like you saw what the Chiefs can do when they decide to turn it on. Like when 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 Houston got up early in that game, I was actually recording the baseball pod in that game, and during that game, it was twenty-one nothing. We were all kind of like laughing at it. Uh, we checked in like five minutes later, and the Chiefs were winning just because Andy Reid decided, nope, not losing this one. Time to throw bombs to fast guys. Um, <laughs> if the Chiefs want to win that game by thirty, they will because Tennessee's not that good. But um,
2: and Andy Reid is an offensive genius, he's the best. devil. Like,
0: but there's, so, a lot, there's a lot of reasons to think that the 49ers might run the Packers here, too. Like, yeah.
1: They already did it the, once. Um, the things and- that worry me, are, it's because the, the things that the Seahawks do well are not the things that the 49ers do well. And so I'm encouraged that the Packers just played uh, one of their better games of the year, but they didn't have a tight end like San Francisco has. They didn't have a pass rush like San Francisco has. Yeah. And I just feel like those things, I want to believe that, you know, the hunch in me, I have a hunch that the Packers will win, but – then I, then I just think about it, and it's like, ah, they just don't match up in any way, shape, or form with what the 49ers bring to the table.
0: It's not a good matchup. So they, they definitely need to change how they did things last time, offensively too, and they're, they're not going to be able to just throw you know, 20 passes to Devontae like they did last time either. Um, like Devontae's line last time, I think he had seven catches for 42 yards on like 12 targets. That's not good, and that's forcing the ball to your best guy when the other team knows what they're doing. Um, Seattle had no answer for Devonte. Uh, the Forty ers will have an answer for Devontae Like, yeah, the, Seattle played that whole game in base defense. They didn't play nickel. Um, which is no. again, <laughs> uh, backwards, insane team that is not coached well. Forty, the Forty ers will match up with proper personnel. They will, it, they will either double or put their best corner on Devonte and give help and make the other Packers receivers beat them. Um, that has been a winning formula against the Packers, and, um, you know, yeah. It, we we like Alan Lazard, but I also don't like counting on him to beat the 49ers, especially when he didn't play the second half of the Seattle game because he was hurt. Um, so the, the Packers need somebody to step up. Um, and the 49ers, by the way, number one against tight ends, number two against pass-catching running backs. The <laughs> The way to beat them is to pass deep with your second and third best receivers. That is just well, not, and a, not a good and, Packer thing.
2: Well, if Lazard can go, he is their deep threat. So. The number two guy being the deep threat, I think, is advantageous in that situation, but it could be too little yeah. to really f- tilt. So, Maybe this is we, the MVS game after all. Well, it, no. I mean, <laughs> if
0: you want a long shot, it's not a bad play, kind of, because they just need do, a guy to do that.
3: Uh, it's all do he does. We have,
2: do we have in recent memory uh, a game where the Packers got blown out and then went back in the playoffs and beat the opponent? So like 2010, they they beat the Falcons, but they didn't get blown out in the regular season. They lost by a field goal.
1: Uh, I don't know. That they did handle the happening. Vikings one week after losing to them in the regular season finale. But those circumstances don't really don't yeah, really match that up. Wasn't the Joe Webb
0: game?
1: Uh, it could have been. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. The if if only we had ponder game. Exactly. Jimmy
0: Garoppolo gets hurt. I'm all. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm Play totally on board with that. Well,
1: and game. I actually think Garoppolo might be a uh, an opportunity there, just because Definitely. he's not Russell Wilson, and he does not have experience, and he didn't necessarily play very well in the first, in this this playoff game last week. But, but uh, man, just across the board. And I wonder. I was going to ask you about Devontae. That as good as his game was, does it give you some pause that because there's some concern that Aaron keeps going to Devontae first, you know, first read and that that's limiting what they could do with other parts of the field. And even against Seattle, we saw that there were guys that were open and you're not going to hit those guys every time, but this is not the situation against San Francisco where you can afford to be locked in on one receiver and that's going to get you burned where Seattle wasn't going to hold you to it. So I guess there's a little bit of peripheral concern that, well, it worked in the Seattle game. You hope they don't continually try to go to that. Well, in the 49er game as well.
0: I do think that is a big concern with them, like trying to rely, but I think, I think they're smarter than that. Um, Devontae can help himself by doing like similar route running to last like if they if they start selling for short stuff because they don't want to turn it over and they get scared, they're gonna get run like they did last time. That's what they did last time. <laughs> it did not work. It plays right into the Forty ers hands. If they can use Devante, like to to spring open space for other guys in this game and actually, you know, run him deep hit him a couple times, that then they can make some hay. Like the 49ers have some vulnerabilities. They're not perfect. They're just really smart about what they do. Um Part of beating them is taking some risks with their pass rush and you know letting your guy get hit a few times and wait for guys to get open deep and you know Rodgers uh, you know uh, I'll give some props to, to Ryan Wood who did a nice statistical deep dive the other week on the difference between twenty uh, I don't know twenty fourteen or twenty eleven Rodgers and this year when he holds the ball a long time and it was like fifteen yards per throw um, seven years ago to like six yards per throw right now like. That's the other reason this is bad for Rodgers. Like To beat the, the 49ers, you got to hold their pass rush by time and throw deep. And Rodgers doesn't throw deep when he holds the ball. He usually panics, runs around, and throws the ball out of bounds or checks it down to somebody. Can't have that. Got to break so, a lot of tendencies here.
2: I, I've got a lot of bad feelings about the game, but the the thing that's giving me the holding out hope is the third and sixth pass to Devontae. That's, that's it, the play that keeps replaying in my mind. Aaron Rodgers holds the ball a long time. He does. Goes through goes through play. four, goes through four reads, covers the whole field. You can watch his eyes scan the whole field, sees the pressure coming, goes back to DeVonte, sees Devontae is covered by a linebacker and just sidearms this dart. Cuz the the Rodgers I think it was, I don't know, 5, 6 years ago said, "If I can read your name, I'm going to throw at you." Yep. That's his, and he, he ear holes Bobby Wagner, just like the, the Richard Rodgers catch against Sean Lee. um, And and if we see more of that, if we see Rodgers not bailing on a clean pocket, going through his progressions and we see the offensive line holding up, there's a chance that they could score a bunch of points. But on the other side of that, I, I watched Brett Coleman's video today about the Packers defense and I'm terrified.
0: They're not good against teams with good tight ends, and they've the not only are they end, not good. So.
2: well, not only are they not good against teams against tight ends, um, they're not good against smart coaches. Paul, you've been right all year.
0: Yeah, they're not, and he's he's a smart coach. Um,
2: so uh, Brett pointed out that it is super easy to dictate the Packers' coverage based on your personnel, and. He, it's it's amazing the way Mike Pettin works. If uh, someone is running 11 personnel, there's like a 91% chance that he's going to call man. And none of the Packers' corners can play press man. Um, then against 21 and 22 personnel, he runs this very specific cover three. But basically, Brett does this 20-minute breakdown of there are 85 and better percent chances of Pettin calling these coverages against these personnel's. And here's exactly how Philip Rivers knew how to beat that. And then here's exactly how Shanahan knew how to beat that two weeks later. Oh, great. Like, <laughs> so, um, he basically says if, if Pettin doesn't get exotic this game, it's going to be a blowout.
1: It might be. Yeah, it might.
0: Um, so, if you want to, so if you do want to a little bit of a cut against that, they have been better at, um, uh, it's not telegraphing quite so much since they started playing Chandon Sullivan at the the big nickel uh, slot more. um, For whatever reason, they've been more consistent with the personnel and been able to disguise things a little bit better. And that's a pretty recent development. It kind of coincides with the defense turning it around a little bit.
2: So I I, I will also do a caveat there. I noticed that uh, Brett did not use any recent defensive footage. He just... You're right. Well, he just used it when they were blown out.
0: Yeah, I mean, Brett is right because he's smart. But they were definitely <laughs> much more, um, much more easy to diagnose when they were sort of in that injury-plagued n- no third and fourth safeties um, part of the season. Now they have Campbell and Sullivan kind of accustomed to those roles. They're much better at staying in the same personnel um, with different offensive looks out there. So, uh, um, I. <laughs> Uh, Kyle Shanahan's very smart. He will probably dial up a bunch of very good plays. Kittle is just a nightmare for the Packers because, I mean, against teams with lesser personnel on defense, he's a complete nightmare because he's one of the best run blockers in the league and one of the best receivers in the league. They can at least stick like a safety-level person on him without losing too much in run defense. But that said, the run defense is kind of bad. So... (laughs) so it's not great I, I, there's a lot of things that are not great about this matchup It's 49ers uh, are good Brett, if they win it'll take a lot of things going right
1: so yeah. we're all taking the uh, Packers though
2: right <laughs> yeah I mean I have to you, you gotta you gotta run with the one who brought you I mean I'm not um, picking them I will, though but I hope they win I'm I'm picking them just out of sheer hope <laughs> yeah um, so one thing that Brett did bring up was that the Vikings a lot of time tried to run some of the Shanahan concepts but they ran them poorly uh, Shanahan really likes to run this thing called Yankee. It's a very specific route combination that involves play action. So basically, the touchdown that George Kittle scored and the interception that Kirk Cousins threw were both the same play.
0: Huh. Interesting. So
2: so uh, the big difference there is the interception that, that uh, Kirk Cousins threw, uh, Kevin King replaces the safety who comes up to play the crosser. But there's no one... In the offense scheme, to go where the corner is going to go away from. In the Shanahan offense, he always has a wheel, so he always has a running back running the wheel to where, the, yeah, to where uh, the vacating corner should be. Yeah, smart. Um, whereas whoever the offensive coordinator of the Vikings was, Kevin Stefanski, yeah, Stefanski, who no longer with them, That's
1: Brown's, head Browns head coach, Browns
2: head coach, um, Kevin Stefanski ran a play action in the direction of the crossing route, which is stupid because then Blake Martinez doesn't have to change direction at all. Um, And then did not run a wheel to replace the, or to, to attack the empty zone. Um, So the reason that the Packers looked so good against the Vikings is just because of the Vikings idiocy, not necessarily because the Packers were great.
0: Well, I mean, (laughs) sure, but the Vikings have also had like a very good offense all year and they have not been idiotic all year. They've had plenty of good, you know, play called games over the course of the season. So
2: Fair Um, enough. But yeah, so just saying like, like it's funny that the the Yankee concept completely destroyed the Packers when the 49ers did it. But then it's, it's an interception when when done
1: by the Vikings. Yeah. Hey, let's get to questions. Let's do it. Uh, The first one, I think we kind of, we kind of touched on uh, Igniter Kid asking how much should we praise Goody for bringing in Irvin and Veldier mid-season? A ton. A a, a bajillion. He's had, he's had a great season. All, all first
2: first ballot, of very good And
1: yeah. did Valdear? I feel like that's a guy That they had their eye on for a while And they knew, kind of, they jumped at the chance When he finally was Declared retired How did, I, I don't remember quite
3: how uh, that worked
2: he, he declared that he was coming out of retirement And he was a packer like 10 minutes later Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: But you're right, I, th- I think he's been on the radar for a while I think they tried to get him um, Last season in some capacity as well um, And it did not happen for Whatever contractual reasons or otherwise um, So good relationship there i don't know what they uh, how do you talk a guy of retirement come back to play football but uh, <laughs> good job there so yes he deserves a ton of credit he's had a great off um off and on season goodies fantastic
2: uh, good so he, too. um yeah veld here uh publicly stated he had interest in playing again on november 26th and he was claimed off waivers by the packers on the 27th nice
1: all right a thanksgiving uh thanksgiving maneuver there the uh, question from Jonathan Deal is: What can the Vikings' loss against the 49ers do to prepare the Packers for next week?
0: Um, there are lessons out of that one because the Vikings were in that game for a while. Um, and they got into the game by attacking them deep. Um, they they digs for a nice touchdown. They did get to Cousins and pressure, not Cousins. They got to Garoppolo a few times. Um, put big pressure on him. Um, and then. They kind of fell back into some bad patterns, which Zimmer can do sometimes with trying to run the ball a little too much, trying to use Cook a little too much. Um, And once you get behind the 49ers, which the Vikings did, it's really tough to come back. Cousins does not get under pressure. Once they um, became one-dimensional, it was kind of over. But they were effective throwing the ball down the field, and the Packers can be too. Um, If they played their kind of normal game, I mean, the Packers are a good – Run past mixed team. They're they're smart that way. Um, I, there, there's lessons on the kind of routes that, that you should run, and the kind of traps you can fall into on that Viking game. So, um, don't be old fashioned like Mike Zimmer. Um, be be newfangled like Matt Lafleur.
1: <laughs> what, Wendy Hansen says, Hi, a little worried about Richard Sherman going into Sunday's game what will Adams have to do to outwit or outplay the impressive cornerback I, I think it's more Adams having to outwit it's not just going to be Sherman I mean they're going to have dedicated resources to Adams that are it's not just gonna be one guy Also, oh,
2: Devontae Adams eats Richard Sherman's lunch yeah
0: that's the thing like he actually probably won't be on him very much because um he, first of all Sherman is older and a little bit slower and never really good against Devontae in the first place even in his heyday. oh he's
1: gonna find this and he's gonna talk about it hope so Look, Rich, Richard.
2: Richard Sherman, Stanford educated, <laughs> yeah. top 10 corner during his time in the league. Devontae Adams beats him like a rented mule. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Darius Slay, top five corner while he plays. Devontae Adams owns him every single time. It's Adams has people who he destroys, and Richard Sherman is one of them.
0: Yeah, Devontae's problem is going to be that he's going to have like a bunch of guys on him. and yeah. to, the, the sol- Solving this will come up to the other pack of receivers. So they, they have to do something. They have to not be embarrassing, like was last game.
1: Um, (laughs) Uh, What do we got? Jeffrey, he said, rank the win compared to other playoff games of the Rogers era. It's pretty high up in the list for me because beating Seattle exorcises some demons, but there uh, there are a ton of wins. Uh, Master versus apprentice next weekend. How can pet and learn from the first time around? For ranking Rodgers' playoff wins, I feel like first of all, I feel like if you're gonna rank Rogers playoff performances, the Arizona game has to be in there, even though it was a loss. Yep, the agreed. one, both Arizona, yeah, both games. Arizona games Those were fantastic. Both Arizona
2: games, yeah, they were both incredible. Um, the the game against Atlanta in 2010 is one of the best performances clinic. I've ever seen. Yep.
0: I think that that's Total probably clinic. his best performance.
2: Um, yep, I mean
0: the certainly the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yep, yeah. that's yeah.
1: probably number two. If you're talking about you know from. If you're, Quarterbacking stand standpoint, and the first Arizona game is probably number three if yeah. we're talking about like numbers and stuff. Well,
2: it's funny about the the Super Bowl. Everyone forgets how many drops there were early in the game.
1: Yes, that's right. Like Rogers
2: would have had a record-setting pace if Jordy would have caught a yeah, couple Nelson more passes.
0: Some, some yips in that game. That's true. Early Jordy. I,
1: I think we forget how early he was in his career. He was not established at that point to the degree, you know, like I that was even his third year, year at that point? I think so, but that was still a huge game for him. He was I remember when they tried like having him returning kicks early in his career. <laughs> yeah. it, it was a disaster. Yeah, like you know, it wasn't that. we didn't know that Jordy Nelson was gonna be that good yet. I feel like the Super Bowl was a really big moment for him. And he was a stud after that. Mm-hmm
2: yeah, so he he kind of sucked it up in the beginning of the Super Bowl and then like really came out swinging later and, and had quite a few great plays. Uh, but yeah, he was in his third year at that point. Yeah, that seems right.
1: Otherwise, uh, like I remember the Philly and the Chicago game in that Super Bowl run as being it was the defense who made the plays that I think we remember.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, the Minnesota game and to kick off the playoffs, kind of not that memorable. Trying to remember the other ones. I mean, certainly the second Arizona game, the overtime loss with, uh, with the Larry Fitzgerald play, the two Hail Marys back to back plays to Jeff Janis feats of strength that make no sense. I don't know how well the game was yeah. overall, but I remember those plays and probably will for the rest of my life. Yeah. I think this is there sort you of go.
0: a, a mid tier Rodgers playoff game. It was good, but um, the, in the grand scheme of things, there have been. There have been some that are more memorable. So.
2: But I, I honestly think this was one of Rodgers' best performances all season.
1: Yeah, Definitely. I totally agree.
3: Which
2: is, which is I think, the best part. Yeah, good timing. Of, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I was comparing the, the Packers to the 07 Giants earlier today.
0: Maybe. Um, okay, we'll see.
2: So the 07 Giants were uh, 14th in points allowed in the regular season. They uh, trailed in every single playoff game. And they had zero pro or they had one pro bowler, zero all pros. Well that Um, somewhat matched up. So I think that the 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 07 Giants, and and then they were also the quote unquote giant killers. They took down the 18 and 0 Patriots. Um they were an average team that was average right up until they weren't. And I think the Packers have been playing over their heads all year, but they they could be an average team right up until they aren't. Could be. Yeah, the only problem
1: there is we've just got one game of evidence to suggest that they're out of their <laughs> funk. You know, like. Oh, well, I'm not saying they're out of their funk, but I'm I have right. No reason I, for hope.
3: We're yeah, not that far I totally agree with
0: you. By Detroit, so.
1: Totally, and and New York and Washington. I mean, they won those games convincingly, but they were not clinics by any means. The the Minnesota game being the best of the you know the five in a row to close the season. So yeah,
2: but even with with three turnovers in the first half,
1: right? And it should have been a fourth, really. The Jimmy Graham drop ball that was nuts. We're talking Next. about, I don't know if we're talking about the same game anymore, but uh, <laughs> I, think I think we're still on the same page. Chris Sinclair says, Is Devonte Adams now a top five receiver? Was he ever not? Did he fall off? This That's is the at top me five.
0: because um, I, yeah. uh, he's kind of Um Just here's what this goes back to like, uh, in terms of his like, oh, because stats, of this season,
1: this season, he hasn't well, had a good
0: year. Kind of, kind of his whole career actually. Oh, uh, so in in terms of like his his season DVOA is his his highest ever is sixteenth. Um, he's usually in the the twenties, and this year he was in the forties. Um, and he's had some kind of rough seasons. Whereas like Jordy Nelson was in the top ten five times and led the league once. Jennings was in the top ten three times. He had a twelfth place finish. So like, I, I think they're kind of the elite guys more recently and. Adams is like, I, I got in trouble by calling him very good. So, so and people like, yeah, yeah he's
2: I remember. Not very that. good.
0: He's elite. Like, well, kind of, but compared to so other th- Packer receivers, like, he's not been as good as them. And so, so the, I,
2: the thing that the people really don't understand about Devontae is he's elite at a few things, but he's not a complete receiver. I think that's true. He's, I, also,
0: I, I, like, I also think it's not entirely his fault. Like, if they used him all the time, like they used him last game. All of his numbers would be better. Like his yards per catch would Absolutely. be better. His yak would be better because he'd be getting the ball actually in space, not fake in space at the line of scrimmage. Um, so, like, I don't really think it's his fault that he hasn't put up like Jordy level efficiency numbers. I he coincides with the Rodgers post Jordy decline and some weird bad play calling from McCarthy. Um, so, I but I don't think he's a top five receiver. Um, I think they, they could probably name five. That are better than he is. I'm trying to think of off the top of my head, but like, so like I mean, I could Julio. I could name Michael, I could name ah, five man. receivers.
2: Yeah, I could name five receivers right now that I would rather have as yeah. a number one than Devontae, and that would make people very angry. <laughs>
0: he's <laughs> I good. Like, Just he's not but as good as however,
2: players. I will go on record and say that I was standing Michael Thomas as should have been the Packers' first round draft pick during draft season. Um, pretty sure that was the Kenny Clark year so still fine not it worked out <laughs> not unhappy with with kenny clark yeah. um however michael thomas no uh what year was no i don't think it was kenny clark it was um uh the really bad tackle who was an amazing athlete oh
0: uh sprigs
2: sprigs michael thomas was taken one pick before, before sprigs Spriggs, right
0: okay well that's a shame
2: um So had the Packers traded up a little bit farther, Michael Thomas would have still been on the board because they traded up to take sprigs. Um, Anyway, I I loved Michael Thomas coming out of Ohio State. I thought he was going to be an amazing receiver. I banged the table for him. It's like the one time I've ever been right about the draft.
1: I actually really like Chris Sinclair's second question. I'll mix it in with with another question by David Collum. Chris Sinclair says what should have Pedden done differently in the second half. David Collum points out Pedden also appeared to use mush mushrush. Mushrush. Mushrush in the second half, which seemed to have been successful. Any thoughts on why he went away from it?
0: Uh yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: so he should first of all they did. Play a little bit more. They did. They made a, a Seahawks sin. They played a little bit more soft zone. Um, they they did the thing where you try and just keep people in front of you and waste time, which is a terrible idea and doesn't work. Um, and is old timey nonsense. They should have kept bringing heat. Um, and should have just played their normal game. It, it, this is a an analytics thing too. Like the way that defensive a lot of defensive coordinators change their scheme late in games is very counterproductive and allows teams to get back in games. Like reasoning goes like this. Like uh, you start to think you can make them run out of time. If you just make them take long enough to score and Patton started doing that, that doesn't Like the Seahawks have taught us one thing. It's that doesn't work. Um, no, they managed to pull it off because they, they were aggressive enough and they, you know, they still got into them enough to to stop them. But, um, you really don't want to do that because the, the way to stop teams is actually keep the ball on offense. Um, force their team to punt, by the way. Thank you, Pete Carroll for punting. Um, Oh
2: god, that was a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> that helped the defense. Um, hey, did, did we did we check the um, uh, surrender? What's the surrender term? index? Oh, I didn't see a surrender yeah.
0: index punt. It was I, I only I only do the ninety, so it must not have been in the the top ten. That's surprising. That was a very cowardly punt. I mean,
2: uh, Seahawks decided to punt to Green Bay from the Seahawks' thirty-six on fourth and eleven with two forty-one remaining, while the surrender index of four point three two it is in the 86th percentile of cowardly punts. Okay. So, not So not not quite 90. Well,
1: and I'll tell you why it's not a 90s cuz they had three timeouts and the 2-minute warning left. So, they were they were destined to get the ball back at that point. And really they should have. Green Bay needed three first downs to end that game. That's that's asking a lot. It's not like the the offense was just like magic in the second half. So, I I, I didn't blink when they sent out the punt team at the time after the sack by Preston Smith. It was fourth and eleven on the thirty-six. That's tough. I I didn't blink. I mean, in the end, it cost them. But <laughs>
2: uh, I get it. Had, according to the surrender index, Seattle had a more cowardly punt early on in the game.
1: Really? wow Was there a fourth um, and
2: one or something? Yep, fourth and one on the on Seattle's forty-two with four fifty-seven remaining in the first. It is eighty-seventh percentile.
3: Hmm. That
2: People is are always to fourth go for and one it
0: on, on their side, but yeah, I mean you have mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. You should probably go for that.
2: I'd, yeah. I'd bet you if if Seattle had punted on say like fourth and eight instead of fourth and eleven, it you'd be w- over ninety percent. That's probably yeah. True. I bet you're right.
1: I'm convinced that Russell Wilson darts around in the backfield intentionally. Like he know he he's he's downfield read doesn't work, so he decides I'm gonna dart around and scramble around a little bit until finally I draw a defender up like a linebacker up or something and dump it over the middle for, you know, like a
2: seven, eight yard gain. He did it like four times. Exactly how they do it in Madden. That's when you have Russell Wilson (laughs) as your quarterback in Madden. That's That's how you play.
1: So, uh, all right, we gotta, we gotta start rolling out of here. Yep.
0: It's time to wrap up. So, um, that's all right. I think that's all the questions. So that's fine. Um, (laughs) okay. Any plugs, Jer, Anything? And again, man
1: i I've been just rocking this packer stuff it's uh it's been very good for my page view count. i gotta tell you, I don't know how yellow weasel wind wound up being the biggest thing of the week i uh I wrote about who was there, Anthony Davis. I wrote about the yellow line thing with Jimmy Graham. I wrote about you know uh lil Wayne doing the roll out the barrel. all that stuff did very well, but yellow weasel just takes the cake i I, somebody did tweet this, and it's true. Everybody in America said the words yellow weasel at their TV in unison because everybody did. caught that, and it was like this moment of delight. It's like, oh, yellow weasel. <laughs> <laughs> what's what is the, that? What's
0: this play going to be? Oh, that was disappointing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's too bad that it didn't work. If it had worked, the, the phrase would have lived forever as it stands. I think it'll be forgotten yeah. within a week, but uh, but very funny. So there's been a lot of that stuff. You know, the these did some bios for these centennial – Hall of Fame class in case any of those guys get inducted on Wednesday. So you can keep an eye out for that. I did rank the seven playoff games between the 49ers and and Packers. That went up at jsonline.com on Tuesday uh, for better or worse. So it doesn't have to be just a win. There have been some pretty good, some pretty important meetings between these two teams over the years. So this will be a fun next chapter. Cool.
0: And you saw we had, we got a new Old Town Road parody, right? To replace the yeah, it's by
2: one. Charlie Barron's It's it's much better than the last it's one. It's so good, guys. <laughs> it's, it's so good.
1: I didn't want to like it because I'm sick of Old Town Road, and yep. honestly, I'm sick of Charlie Barron's But like, it, <laughs> it it is so good. My colleague Piet wrote about it, and that's that story did insanely well as well. Yeah,
2: indeed.
0: Matt, you got anything?
2: Um, nope. Just uh, on the point of yellow weasel. <laughs> Likely a call that's a run to the left yeah, because of the hard, hard L's. Yep. Um, back in 2013, during the height of Peyton Manning saying Omaha, Fox Sports, um, Jay Glazer, Randy Moss, and Brian Erlacher all went over what they thought QB speak meant. And Randy Moss said that Sally was often the left side call for the Minnesota Vikings because of the hard L's. <laughs> so um, if you ever hear a call like that, look for whatever the hard consonant sound is and there will probably be an L or an R in there. And if there is an O, that usually means reverse opposite.
3: Ooh. Nice. I feel
1: like if we can figure it out, they probably should use different terms. Well the
2: problem is 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 we can figure it out because we're just sitting here thinking about it. Sure. If you if you just hear someone saying it, it's going to be really hard to process it that quickly. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um and I have my weekly column up the Shepherd Express right now. Um, I also wrote a recurring column i do when i get a new team to do it with which is shopping with the enemy at acme packing company which is oh god this is gonna be the other team is pro shop and find ridiculous items they have for sale um go check it out at apc seattle sells a ten thousand dollar crystal helmet um it's incredible a pair of pink pants that they call ultimate pants for some reason with ultimate pants placed (laughs) patch um and uh we also have some some uh some reviews from the packer pro shop in there on some products that they were disappointed with so um it, it's it's a fun one go check it out i will also have the mini pod later this week um which i, I have a kind of grand theory on how to beat the 49ers that we'll discuss there in some detail so um keep an eye out for that on the patreon also i should plug i am now a host of the mke tailgate podcast uh, i'm whoo taking over um um, JP and uh, Steve are uh, taking their leave to go do other things um, JP I think still does the BP podcast um, but um, Brad Ford and James Langer and Ryan Topp and I are still doing that um, we, the first one is a four man we'll probably rotate after that but uh, go check that out too it is a new era it's fun um, uh, first one went very well by the way just for people who are not familiar with Brad he's the new minor league guy there he is super duper knowledgeable and really good at that so yeah um, minor league pod will stick around so will the uh the mini pod here at the five dollar tier at the mke tailgate patreon
1: shout out to brad ford we gotta get a listen <laughs> all right guys it's good to be back It was good it was good it was having you back man you back we missed you. yeah if, if uh if i mean heck if if the packers wind up going to the super bowl you know i gotta be back for that right of we course. Can't, can't mess with the good thing <laughs> Of but
2: without you here, I talked about Madden for s- several minutes. Oh,
1: I listened to the podcast, and fortunately, there's a skip. <laughs> you know, every thirty seconds, I skip, and if I hear any of these
2: buzzwords like "Fart McDuty" or "Madden" or
1: <laughs> the "player card," I can just keep skipping skip until we seconds, get to the good stuff. Seconds.
2: It <laughs> has been months since I've mentioned the legend of Fart McDuty. I know.
1: You know, we. I. I Sure I mentioned this, but I'm fairly convinced that many of the high school football coaches I covered learn the game and learn their learn their schemes solely from playing video games. So I, I do understand that there is an odd place for it in the uh you know, in, in the, there's there's a reason why you've got younger, innovative coaches. They they came up with some of this stuff and they're, you know, playing video games. One of so the Tennessee
0: it. DBs dropped it as um one of the, the keys to beating Baltimore. Um that they they ran a scheme that they run in Madden against running quarterbacks called engage eight. Um, for yeah. like, the whole game, and it works really well. So,
2: so engage eight is when you send eight people on a blitz, and you have three people in, in deep zones. So it's basically like cover three, but then you blitz everyone who isn't in a deep, there there you you deep zone.
1: Alright, alright.
2: Enjoy the game everybody.
1: All right, go pack up. Go pack
4: up. I will be and you my way would go. Many nights of talking in no towns can you take. Many nights of limping round on pagan holidays. Oh, elope with me in private and we'll set something ablaze. A trail for the devil to erase. San Francisco's calling us, the giants and will play. Fiat's a New York catcher, are you straighter, are you gay? We hung about the stadium, we got no place to stay. We hung about the tenderloin, and tenderly you tell about the saddest book you ever read. It always makes you cry, the statue's crying too, and Willie May. I love you, I have a drowning grip on your adoring face. I love you, my responsibility has found a place. Beside you and strong warnings in the guise of gentle words. Come wave upon me from the family wide and that absurd. You'll take care of her, I know it. You will do a better job. Maybe, but not what she deserves.